I'm Donnie Piercy, host of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. In order to be deviant, you don't, it's not bad. You're not being bad. You are just being yourself and you're questioning what society is saying is normal or correct or appropriate. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be professional? I could be wearing, you know, slats and a button down shirt and my little kitten heels, but then I'm all nasty to my students. That's professional. Yeah. That person has looked at professional more than I am when I'm wearing my joggers and my yeah. t-shirt <laughs> and I speak to people respectfully Sure. Um, or even questioning people. That's okay. Like that, it is deviant to question people. And I don't know why, right? But- because we teach kids to do that. Right. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence, as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a burned in teacher. Now let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, All of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in. A fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge. Thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. 
Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out. Or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Hey there, Burned In Teachers. This is the Burned In Teacher Podcast, and I'm your host, Amber Harper. This is episode 121, and in this episode, I interview my friend Nancy Inchaustegui, also known as the Deviant Teacher. Nancy is a veteran middle school science teacher and health coach that empowers her students and clients to embrace their uniqueness and challenge the status quo. And Lord knows, We need more of that than ever before. I don't know about you, but these last few weeks of kindergarten have been, um, you know, we're just, we're settling in. We're having great days. We are having some challenges. And I think that Nancy's message is, is perfect for this time of year because, and I would love to know if you agree with me. Do you feel like you start the new school year out ready to tackle anything? And then after the first, uh, we've now completed about eight weeks of school. And um, at at the time that you're listening to this in mid-October, I have just come back from fall break. And we we are definitely settling in and in need of some rejuvenation. Because this time of year in the past has been the time of year where I start to settle into bad habits. Um, settle back into those negative beliefs and negative self-talk and uh, start to lose that beginning of the year motivation that so many of us start out in August or September with. And then by mid-October, you know, beginning of November, mid-November, we start to lose that momentum. And (laughs) as you'll hear, Nancy is all about doing things to set your future self up for your success in the future, in the classroom, and in life, which you know I am all about. So I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. Now, here's a, here's a little um, a little tip for you. As you're listening to this episode, you'll notice that she and I just kind of have a co- casual conversation for about the first 20, 25 minutes. And I decided not to cut it out because I just want you to hear the human side of our conversation. Um, we just kind of talk about, you know, teaching in general, um, our my dog and her cat, uh, our kids, and, and the things that they are talking about in school. And um, I just thought I would I just decided to leave it in there for you. So if you want to hear us have some ca- casual conversation before we get into the the meat and potatoes of it, um, go ahead and, and continue to listen right here. Otherwise, I would skip to about minute 18 of this episode. All right, my friends, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation with Nancy and Chaustegui all about how to become a deviant teacher and how she decided to become a deviant teacher because of her burnout story. All right, I'll see you later. Burn on. So I know that we had this, this was scheduled over a year ago when the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. like when pandemic teaching, I mean, this was scheduled a long time ago. Yes. So how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. You guys are still in school. Now. You're okay. You're okay. okay. Uh, it's okay to be real here. <laughs> no, I, okay. I, it's, it's weird because I'm okay, but like, I'm not okay. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that, uh, you just kind of get used to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but also you learn to adjust to it. Cause I, I know for me and like for a lot of my teacher friends, 
it's always um let's take a collar off it's always freak out mm-hmm. like freak out like how are we gonna do this what are we gonna do and then a few weeks in you're like I don't really need to do that let's yeah. do this and then you you just chill out a little bit because our perfectionism our this is how the job should be done mm-hmm. is always what happens first mm-hmm. 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 and then we realize I can still do a good job not be freaking out. You know, it is what it is. I can't change that. I only have them for 30 minutes and I'm running from one class to another. Yeah. 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 I, that's really good perspective for sure. So, so you're still teaching right now. When's your last day? Friday. I'm sorry. Can you, can oh, you who is this? Who is your friend sitting behind you? Buttercup. Buttercup. Hi, Buttercup. We so found cool. him during pandemic time. We found oh. him in Trey. Uh-huh. Um, He's beautiful. Thank you. He really oh. helped. He, so he saved us. I think. Oh, my daughter has, this is, this is all about mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, about mindset. Talk to my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has been asking for a dog. She's <laughs> nine now. She's been asking for a dog maybe every day, every other day. I'm not even joking uh, for about six years. And she <laughs> wanted a white dog with brown spots. Oh, no way. And Manifestation at its best, right? Yes. She never gave up. My son would be like, he's 11. He's like the realist or the pessimist like I am. Yeah. And he's like, why do you keep asking? You're not going to get a dog, blah, blah, blah. So once we finally got him, yeah, got yeah. the dog, my, my daughter was like, well, you can't touch him because you were negative and you said I wasn't going to get him. <laughs> How old is your daughter? She's nine. Okay. Oh, yes. You said that. I apologize. Is she your only, okay. is she your only child at home? I have a, my son, he's 11. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We have a 13 year old and a 20 year old. Wow. We get a a lot of that now with that age. Like, well, you said, like there's that, that whole backlash and yeah, the back talk, man. Yeah. It's, it's for real. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely sassy, but I, I like to, uh, encourage the sass. Yes. Um, but just, you know, tone down the meanness. Yeah. Like keep it in check. Yeah. 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 Like if you're going to get sassy, make sure it's for a really valid reason. Maybe like, <laughs> like and, advocate, and, advocate for yourself, stand up for yourself, but also like get sassy with the right person. Like, why are you getting sassy? Man, I didn't do anything. It was yeah. him. He's the one who pissed you off. Like, why are you? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So and so I think true. we do that a lot too. Like within our, ourselves as teachers, like we, sure we have stuff going on at home and we just like bring it to school. We bring stuff from school home and it just like carries over. Yeah. Are you bringing a lot of work home? Mm -mm. No. I mean, right now it is a little crazy because uh, we're pre-K to eight school. I teach seventh and eighth grade and the eighth graders, we need their grades in early so that we can tell valedictorian and salutatorian. So I have, we have benchmarks um, which are like a big district test, um, plus all the makeup work that I'm giving them. So now I know, like, I'm going to do a little bit of work after I get off here so I can get everything done. Also, I'm off. I took off tomorrow, which is not the best time to be taking off. But I knew that this, you know, since I did that, yeah, I'm going to have to put a little more time. Like, I know the beginning of the year is always a little crazy. The end of the year is a little crazy. So I don't believe that we never have to work a little bit more mm. than usual. I do think that there are times with everything that you're going to have to put more time in and other times where you're not, when you're first learning something, you have to put more time into it. You know, when everything just happens at one time, you obviously have to kind of balance stuff out. Well, and kind of there's, there's a little bit of 
there has to be a little bit of the the uh, the perspective of that it's a time investment that if if you're investing time in the right things, there's a little bit of time on the front end, but it sets you up for for better success. It's when you're consistently reinventing the wheel, which a lot of teachers have found that they're doing in the light of pandemic teaching because things are consistently changing. But in a normal school setting, that there are times where you are putting more time into things, but you either won't have to do them again, or you won't have to invest as much time into that thing again. I think that's why, you know, being really intentional with why am I doing this? Like, what is the purpose? Yes. (laughs) Right. Is it necessary? Is it effective? And also the thing too, is that we kind of get amnesia kind of like when you have a baby, like you forget what it's like. So (laughs) it's like, I know that this time of year is always crazy. So I need to, like you said, make sure I set myself up so that I am not losing my mind, you know, yes. um, yes. I've learned to make the makeup window shorter or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Like, you know, it's going to be busier during the end of the year. So maybe things at home need to be a little bit calmer or, yeah. um, yeah, just balance it out a little bit. Absolutely. So you teach seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade science. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. How long have you been doing that? So I started as a fourth grade teacher mm-hmm. and then I switched, I started in the middle of the year because our school first opened. I'm very fortunate that I've been in the same school for, since it opened in 2006, mm-hmm. in January, 2006. So I was a fourth grade teacher for, I think, three and a half years. And then mm-hmm. I switched to science, which was a very perfect time because that year when, and I wound up being on maternity leave. So mm-hmm. I switched to science and then February I went on maternity leave. Uh, they want to riffing everybody. That was, that means that reduction in force that we're right, teaching right. five years or less. So all like basically half of the staff at my school got ripped. Um, but I was so saved awful. because I was science and it's a highly needed area. Science and um, math, but everyone yeah. else was like freaking out and I felt really bad for everyone. Um, so I switched to science. So I've been doing that, I guess, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. I lose track. I f- it feels like 20,000 years. <laughs> but every year I'm like oh it's only it's so I think it's 15 and a half years this year yeah Yeah. okay you know I'm going back in the classroom in the fall right did you hear that that. yeah I'm really excited about it yeah it is so exciting so I I I totally understand why you would want to do that yeah really why like like what are what are your reasons that you think it's the like it's the connection with the kids yes it's so different and like you were saying with this whole, like just looking at a screen and like you can connect with people over the screen, but it's so different, the energy in person. Yeah. And I'm really noticing that with, you know, when we were stuck at home versus now we're in school. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really different. You and nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Yeah. And like talking with you, like, don't get me wrong, Nancy, I love talking with you here, but I am like exhausted from all of like what I'm batching a ton of interviews right now in preparation for the fall. And, and of course I do, I've been doing all of my virtual talks via zoom. I do my group coaching sessions via zoom and it's really just sort of all come full circle and it's really starting to hit me. And man, it's not that I didn't, it's not that I wasn't paying attention before to this idea of zoom fatigue and, um, and teaching virtually, you know, and some teachers love it. But I just, especially introverted teachers have, have really found that they, that they love this. I was talking to Angela Watson yesterday and she was like, I realized how much of an introvert I truly am. And there are some introverts who realize they maybe are a little bit more introvert or extroverted than what they thought. 
And I just, especially I was already like really missing connections and missing people in year two of being out of the classroom. But this past year, especially not just that, not just, not just missing that connection of, you know, like human to human 3d in the same room, you know, just passing people in the hallway that I've missed that, but watching, watching my people struggle the way that they have been, has been really hard for me to, um, I, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be there in it and be able to, and, and I know that we're going to get into this too, but be able to practice what I preach, you know, that, you know, Vernon teacher is going to stick around and, and still be here, but be able to bring those practices back into my own classroom because Vernon teacher wasn't what it is now when I left. And, um, I'm just, I'm so excited about it, but right now there's a lot of transitioning happening and it's really exhausting. Do you have a position set up for the fall? I do. Yeah. I'm kindergarten. Oh, baby. yeah. 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 Little babies. Oh I'm God. so excited because I think there's something to say. Okay. Cause you could probably relate to this because you're seventh and eighth grade. You've got a nine and a 10 year old. So they're obviously younger than seventh and eighth grade, but you're constantly in that age group all day of those preteens, barely teenagers, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, like I taught first, second, third, when my daughters were first, second, third graders. So I was with that age group all day. And now that Avery is going to be an eighth grader, our oldest is 20, that I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to feel the same type of exhaustion, I think, with working with, with the younger kids, with kindergartners. Obviously, it's going to be tiring, but I'm not leaving that age group to go home to that age group. I can definitely yes. see how that can make a huge difference. Yes. I, I agree with that. And it's, it's nice to feel that. Like, I love my middle schools. Everyone's like, Oh my God, have to be a special person. And yeah. how do you do it? And I love them. I mean, over zoom, it's really hard. Cause I'm like, hello, is yeah. anybody there? And like, I, I have to sub sometimes cause I have a duty period. And then I get on for art with the kindergartens. Like, ah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like very hard to keep them in control, but it's like the energy, like they're happy to see me, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really graders. I mean, you probably, I'm oh sure it's very mature, but eighth graders are basically fifth graders and like grown bodies. Sure. I mean, not fifth graders, five-year-olds and grown bodies. It's, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Now teaching isn't the only thing that you do. So I started, you. yeah, I started my, um, side business because of my burnout and, um, so you want to start there. Why don't you start with this burnout story and, and tell us how that led to what you do now on the side. So I feel like because I started, I was very fortunate to fart. fart. (laughs) 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 I I was very, oh my God, my middle school would be laughing. Um, I think that I was very fortunate to start in a brand new school. There was a lot of like backend stuff that needed to be done. We didn't have everything like set and ready to go the first day. And we had that first year, I think it was all like the very challenging kids, like just because we're a lottery school, mm-hmm. all the very challenging kids came from all over the, the district came to us. So it was very, very overwhelming. So I think I started out burnt out mm-hmm. um, and I kind of had a slow burn throughout my career. Then it was like burning on two ends. Then it was just like, throw the whole candle in the fire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started like pulling back. There were a couple of times where I was, I was ready to quit and I wanted out. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. But then 
I realized that I really enjoy doing this. This is something that I meant to do. Um, but all the other things that are involved were getting in the way. Mm. And a lot of it was my mindset. A lot of it was me dampening um, and not embracing who I am as a person and as a teacher because mm. of what everyone else was telling me that I needed to do. Mm. So I'm like, all right, I have an exit plan three to five years. I'm going to start my own business. By then I'll be able to supplement a, a majority of my income and then, you know, leave. So I looked into like blogging and doing like lifestyle blogging and just health and wellness things, because I just have a lot of knowledge with that. That's like a passion of mine um, in general. And then I took a, a B school. A lot of people yeah. might know. Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was like brainstorming what it would be, it would be around teachers and self-care and I would, you know, she says to do research. So I'm researching, I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing on self-care for teachers. This is crazy. I'm going to be like the first one, you know? (laughs) And then like, as I did more research, I'm like, oh my God, I found you. There was Fran from a teacher self-care conference. There was Dana. There were like all these people. I was like, oh my goodness. But the issue was, is that as teachers, we don't think of doing PD, professional development, or work on ourselves. It's always, how can I manage this class better? How can I get them to read better? Like, we think that's what's going to make teaching better when it's really our mindset and taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I dove into that and um, I was concentrating on basically making it so that people like me that are very passionate about teaching don't feel like they're getting pushed out. Like, it's not fair. Like we should be able to stay here. So I thought for myself, either I would change, I needed to change my mindset and stay in teaching, leave my job or do both. Mm -hmm. So once I started changing my mindset and as I was saying, like being the teacher that I felt I needed to be and not fighting with that inner person, I started getting recognition where I never did before from the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, and without seeking it, like it was just coming. I got my rapport of my students became better. I just felt better about being there. Um, there was, there are still a lot of things that I can't control. And that sometimes I get upset about, mm-hmm. um, but my mindset has really shifted. So I really want to help teachers be able to do that same thing. And as I was working with teachers, um, I came in contact with other people that have high stress jobs or mothers that are staying home or entrepreneurs. And I realized that they can benefit from the same things that I'm talking about. So um, where I do have a special heart for teachers, now my business also involves basically busy people that know that they should be getting up and moving, that they should be you know, eating healthier, but they're like stuck. Um, and I give them easy, effective ways um, to do that. I would love to hear more about this. And and first of all, I want to say that your journey into starting what it is that you do. So what is, what is, what is your business called? Oh, the deviant teacher, the deviant teacher. Yes. I know that's part of your Gmail and yes, of course. Okay. So, so tell us what the characteristics of a deviant teacher are, because when I think, when I hear deviant, I think like, that kind of kind of sinister, like, tell us what it, tell us what that means. Yeah. So the first thing, you know, when, when you say deviant teacher, they're like, Oh, one of those teachers that like, (laughs) you know, on the news and stuff. So, (laughs) so if you have like math and science, like background, we talk about like standard deviant, 
and mm. but that deviating from the norm mm -hmm. so to deviate just means to be different from the norm or the average and whereas we are all connected and we're all the same we are also very different mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times with teaching they tell us to differentiate for our students, but they tell us to do everything the same. When we're in PDs, they do everything the same for us. Like we all have the same things. And I'm more of a nurturer than like, a, you know, I don't know, a, like looking at the science standards kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, and I really struggled with that a lot. So what I encourage people, like if you want to be, basically if everyone's deviant, then basically everyone's the same because everyone's not being normal. Like what is normal mean? Right. I constantly, and it's so funny because I could talk for hours about this, but I got a, a birth chart reading and it was, if you ever gotten one, it's really, if you get a really good person, I was like, how did you know that about me? But she was basically said that I, um, that I say what other people are thinking, but don't say, mm -hmm. and I say it very straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so I encourage everyone to in order to be deviant, you don't, it's not bad. You're not being bad. You are just being yourself and you're questioning what society is saying is normal or correct or appropriate. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be professional? I could be wearing, you know, slats and a button down shirt and my little kitten heels, but then I'm all nasty to my students. That's professional. Yeah. That person has looked at professional more than I am when I'm wearing my joggers and my yeah. t-shirt <laughs> and I speak to people respectfully. Sure. Um, or even questioning people. That's okay. Like that, it is deviant to question people. And I don't know why, right? But, because we teach kids to do that. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're telling them question critical thinking, but when we do it, we're like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, nope. girl. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, to be deviant is just to be yourself. And if you're, you're if yourself, you're naturally not going to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I love it. So you had a couple of things that you wanted to share with, with our listeners today about ways that they can kind of take care of themselves in the way of maybe some posture, how it is that, you know, what are some things that you can share with teachers that could be some easy takeaways if they are struggling in, in some way in, in, um, and maybe I need to take this out, but, <laughs> um, how is it that, that you can help our listeners today? What are some simple things that they can do? So the number one thing is to normalize resting. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we wait till summer break for it is yes. not something we wait for spring break for, or the weekend or when grading is over. It's something that you have to constantly be aware of and intentionally build into your day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't schedule it, like you schedule your IEP meetings, like you schedule your doctor appointments, your kids' soccer games, it will not get done. You will fill your time either with other work-related or home-related things or with numbing activities mm -hmm. like binge, binge, watch, binge, binge watching Netflix and, um, you know, scrolling through your social media, all of those things are okay. I'm not, I'm not judging anyone at all, mm -hmm. but you want to think, is that activity actually giving me the rest that I need? Right. It probably isn't. Um, is it okay to do whatever you want now? Of course, of mm -hmm. course, no one is, is going to constantly be doing non-numbing things. Like sometimes we right. just need to veg out. 
Um, but you need to schedule the time to rest and it needs to be something, a normal occurrence. If it, you feel like at this point, you can't do it every day, at least once a week. So once you listen to this podcast, I want you to take out whatever you use to schedule your other important things. I want you to schedule time for you to rest and rest looks very different for very many different people. So I took March off, which was a huge, huge decision. I agonized over it for months. I waited too long, mm -hmm. right? And then I needed more rest than I would have if I took it sooner. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we hold off and we don't rest, mm -hmm. we need more time to recuperate. So I wound up taking March off, which gave me time to rest from, as we talked about earlier, uh, reinventing the wheel because I teach science online yeah. and that is impossible. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's different aspects of your life that take energy. So there's different ways that you can rest or different things you need rest from. So creativity, teachers are always doing that. So I took a creative rest from uh, lesson planning and figuring out how to engage my students online so that, that I can spend more time on my physical needs. So mm -hmm. dancing. So whereas I did not just lie on the couch for a month, I spent a lot of time dancing and getting back into that again. Mm -hmm. um, I spent more time socializing because I am an extrovert and I do need to be around people. So I spent that, that downtime to socialize and have good connections and make sure that that resting that you're getting, as we said, so, okay, I'm not going to watch Netflix, but I'm going to go hang out with these friends that are toxic to me, but that's not right. Healthy either. So I would, the one very important thing is to build rest into your everyday life. So please schedule that between now and the next couple of days, 10, 15 minutes. That's all it could be. And also plan for times with unexpected free time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, oh, I have an hour. What am I going to do with it? Oh, I have no idea. Let me sit and scroll social media. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying about all of this, because like you said, like there's no prescribed way to rest for every person. And I think, you know, going back to, to what you kind of alluded to earlier is that you have to pay attention. Like you have to take the time to build the self-awareness, like what you said about professionalism, like pay attention to, okay, you may look really professional, but how are you, what is your teacher brand? How are people going to remember you? You know, are they always going to remember how well-dressed you are? Maybe, but are they also going to remember how you made them feel? Definitely. So I think that's really important too. And also I love, love, love what you're saying about identifying what fills you up. Cause we hear all the time, fill your cup, but if you don't really know what you enjoy, it's really important that you explore those things so that you can intentionally bring those things into your life. And I know for people that maybe are at a stage zero or one of burnout, they're probably rolling their eyes and saying, yeah, right. Like I have time to do that. But I guarantee like going back to your mind, you've touched on so many really strong points here, going back to your mindset that if you believe that you are worthy, if you believe and have the mindset that you are worthy of rest and worthy of having some fun and doing things that you enjoy doing, you will make the time for it. Yes. It's really important. And also being aware so much of this is mindset. It's all mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, being aware of what voices you're hearing in your head mm -hmm. and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason why, you know, cause again, you have to have time and reflect on these things reason why I didn't take my break earlier is because I'm thinking, what will people think of me as a teacher? I can't handle it. 
They're all doing it. They've got kids. They're going through this. They're going, and I can't handle it. I was named teacher of the year the year before. So they'll be like, you're a teacher of the year. You can't even handle it. Or, you know, my students need me. I'm going to be abandoning them. Think about maybe your, what your parents might say, right? So if you have parents that are very hard on you, like, no, you need to be working. I, oh, mental health, who cares, right? Yeah. So think about why you are either doing something or not doing something. Mm-hmm. And is it serving you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super important yeah. because a zero or one on the, on your burnout scale, you're in a very, not dark place, but a place where you need a lot of support and care for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. And that's actually that the fact that they are in a dark place, like when you're a zero, you are at rock bottom. Like you don't even believe that you can change or that you have a voice or you don't even know if you want to change because this is just how it's always been. So this is the way it's always going to be. And like, so sadly, some people just accept that as their sentence and as their reality. And, and unfortunately, those are the situations that a lot of times they're not searching for people like you and me, you know, they, they are eventually going to have, they're going to have some sort of almost like a health paradigm shift or something happen in their life. That's going to force them to seek change. And, and I don't want that for them. You know, I, I, and this is why it's important that we continue to put these things out there. People that are a stage two or three, they are leaning in. They're saying, tell us more, like, tell me more about this mindset. Tell me more about how I'm allowed to say no, or I'm allowed to ask questions, or I'm allowed to take time out for myself. Tell me more. Those are people that are listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> like, I want to hear how other people, how other teachers are, are making this stuff work. And a lot of things you've touched on are small pieces of the burned in process. And it's really nice to hear you sort of affirming that these things are true. They, they really are important and worth the time to think about and execute. Yes. It's, I think a big part of it is podcasts like this. So I really appreciate you taking your time to have a space like this for teachers um, because we, we often feel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we're, we're around people that are complaining a lot and we might be in that position right now. Um, but we're might also be in a stage where we're understanding the difficulties, but we want to hear, like you were saying, different things we want our stories just to be validated Mm -hmm. that's why whenever whenever I go traveling and like I meet a teacher it's like we automatically just get along because we just know you know and we don't get bored from our stories and (laughs) get it you know um compared to other people so yeah finding a community is super important and now that so many things are online it's it's easier to find Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having this for us. Of course. I mean, this is exactly why I created the podcast was to amplify teacher voices, but to not be stuck in that burnout story, but then to move on to what are we doing about it? Because there's nothing wrong with venting. There's nothing wrong with sharing the suck, you know, like what's really hard and what sucks about teaching. Cause there's things that there's things that suck about every profession. There's nothing working for yourself. There are things that suck about it. Like there are things that are not fun and there are things that go awry or don't go your way. And, you know, things to learn that you don't want to learn, you know, there there's stuff, there's always things that are hard, but what's really important, like you said, is to have people 
in your circle, to have people in your tribe that are there saying, I'm going to listen, I'm going to hear you out and I'm going to help. I'm going to validate you. This is awful or this really stinks. And what's next? I'm not right. going to let you live here. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. here's one small little thing. Cause a lot of times we're like, Ooh, especially like, think about it with our students. If you say, okay, the beginning of the year test, they got a 23 and they need to get, you know, a 95 by the end. You're like, what are you crazy? Yes. But then a lot of times we expect that of ourselves and that's yes. not realistic. So it's so funny because we're so good at teaching mm-hmm. that but we forget that we are also lifelong learners. Yes. We are still on our journey. We are just like our children, our students. Um, and we need to care for ourselves the same way. We need to scaffold, right? We need support. Right. It's not a weakness to ask for support. It's not a weakness to rest. It's not um, a weakness to say no. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's that a journey. Stronger. Yeah, yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. 100%. And despite 100%. all of the, I know that this is easier said than done, but despite all the evaluations, despite all the data collecting, despite all of that, um, you are still on a journey. Mm. And as long as you know that you are doing what you need to do, what is important to you and your students, not what they're saying you need to do. Um, you know, that's the deviant side of me. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. And knowing what you like, I think that that's something that's really hard, but you know, I've talked to so many teachers that I asked them, you know, well, what would you do? You know, a lot of the teachers are, that I work with are, are burned and unbalanced, um, or they've been burned and unbalanced for so long. They're now burned and over it because now they're like, what's the point? You know, I, I keep trying to create sustainable systems and they just keep it getting wiped out. Like what is even the point of this? And I asked them, you know, and they're like, I'm working 60 plus hour weeks, especially in light of pandemic teaching. Some teachers are, are working more um, and some teachers are working less, but I asked them, well, what would you do with more time if you had it? And they don't even know. Mm-hmm. They don't even know. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart because it's like, if you don't even know what you, if you are in such a burned out state that your, your focus and your clarity is just so fogged over that you don't even know yourself. Like this is, this is truly a journey. You're not, there's no amount of like me just sitting here and saying, okay, let's just brainstorm a list. Like that's the beginning, but then you actually have to try the things and do the things. And like you said, schedule the time for rest, whatever that looks like for you. That could be reading a book. It could be taking a literal nap. It could be going outside and going for a walk. You know, it, it, it could be any number of things for different people. And I think that's why I was just talking to, to a friend about this. There, there could be, this is where kind of self-care becomes kind of eh, like kind of wishy-washy. Cause it's like what, what self-care for me is not good self-care for somebody else. So it's really important to pay attention to that. So, so number one, schedule, schedule rest or time every day for something that that kind of fills you up and make, makes you smile or mm-hmm. makes you kind of just delight you in some way. Yes. Right. So what's the second thing you'd like to share? So the second thing would be to get up and move your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like a movement specialist. That's my thing. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, they, you know, they say the mind body connection. Of course, the mind and body are connected. We're all in one body. Like yes. the, <laughs> a separate thing. It's all connected. And yes. movement can change your mood within mm-hmm. minutes. It changes your uh, flexibility, mobility, your balance, your focus, your creativity, um, your digestive system. Like I'm sitting on the floor right now. Um, our kids do crisscross applesauce and all of a sudden we get them sitting in chairs. 
very unnatural to be sitting in chairs for hours. It's telling them to stop and sit, sit, sit still and stop squirming. Um, mm. We are creating sedentary uh, adults by making yes. kids sit all day. Yes. Um, so just moving your position, whether you've been sitting for a while. And again, I'm starting very small, as I was saying with, um, I don't think I made the, the point that I wanted to when, uh, when we're assessing and we're saying, okay, jump from here to here. I want you to think of yourself as doing little incremental changes. Yes. And it doesn't even have to be every day. Cause you know, all those apps are about like, you've done this for 15 days. Yay. And then like one day you don't do it. And for perfectionist type A's like me, that's yeah. horrible, right? Yeah. You feel so bad about yourself. You, you broke the streak and now, you know, you think what's the point or whatever. So for yeah. me, I encourage you to look at your improvement. So for the past month, if you went for a walk zero times mm-hmm. during your break or at night or whatever. And then this month you went once that is an improvement. That is an improvement. Yes. That you, that should not be negated. That is something you made a choice and you did it that day. So if you did it once, you can do it again, right? Again, it's all about mindset. So getting up and moving your body is really important. We know about endorphins. Endorphins are chemicals that help uh, increase your mood, but there's other things that are um, synthesized in your brain or that are released from your muscles when you exercise. So when you contract your muscles, I'm getting a little sciencey on you for a second, just to motivate you a little bit. So uh, when you contract your muscles, there's something called hope molecules that they named hope molecules that are released. And they're only released when you contract your muscles. They're able to pass the blood brain, blood brain barrier, which not many things can because we're protecting our brain. Mm-hmm. And what these hope molecules do is exactly that. They give you hope. They give you a more sense of connectedness and community and a feeling like you can accomplish things. Think about if you're like a hit training CrossFit type of person, I'm not, but if you are, okay. (laughs) So after a workout, you're just like, and you're around other people like, yeah, you're (laughs) high-fiving everyone. You're like, you know, because those hope molecules have been released and you're more connected. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is something that is released in your brain that actually helps regenerate neurons. Mm. And, um, we used to think that you sniff glue and then you, your brain cells die, which some of them do, but there are certain parts of your brain uh, or neurons that will grow back. And that happens when you move your body and exercise. Mm-hmm. Also the increased blood flow to your brain. Like we know that my heart rate goes up and I'm have, you know, my circulating, but when you have a greater circulation in your brain, it creates greater and stronger networks of blood vessels in your brain, which allows all those great nutrients to get to more parts of your brain, increasing focus, creativity, attention, memory, and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's yeah. not just about moving your legs. It really is going to help you to think clearer. Yes. So it's not just physical. It's yeah. not just about improving my heart health. Yes. It's about improving. We are perpetual motion machines. Mm -hmm. We are meant to constantly be moving. Mm -hmm. That is how we were designed. And we've evolved not very, our, we're not very far along in our human evolutionary process. Right. Mm -hmm. So very short time ago, we were constantly on the move, searching for food, new Mm -hmm. shelter, running from an animal. So I want you to keep that in mind, um, that we are not meant to be sitting in long places for, unless you're like a monk Mm -hmm. or something. Um, you know, sitting for long periods of time, even standing for long periods of time, because some people stand for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. we should not be in one spot for really, right. 
Ugh, you are speaking so deeply to me because I think this is where a lot of my urge to get back into the classroom is coming from. I love to move. Um, I love to help teachers. I think that there's like, there needs to be a fine balance because right now, like my form of helping teachers is sitting in front of my computer, typing out show notes, doing interviews, like creating content, you know, doing group coaching calls and all that is great stuff, but I'm not moving my body the way that I know I need to be moving. And I think that you just, you just touched on something that I hadn't really thought about. You know, I'm thinking about the human to human connection, but I've not really thought about my desire. Cause you know, me like you know that I love to move. And I didn't really think about that as like it, your body is just screaming to be bouncing around a classroom with kids and, you know, moving from student to student and bending down and getting up. And, you know, I'd never had thought about that before. That is, that is really, that's really triggering another desire that I, that I've maybe unconsciously had that, that I, that caused me to go out and seek this opportunity. Yeah. It's all, it's, whole part of everything. Mm. Yeah. It's super important. So I love, I love the way that you are, you're bringing the science into, into both of these things, because we hear these things, but we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I need to, I know I need to rest and I know I need to move my body, but like you bring in like the actual like science-based reasons and there's no better person than a seventh, eighth grade science teacher to do so, to prove that this is not just about ticking a box. This is about your overall, overall well-being. And forgive me if I'm wrong here, but these are things that once you start to build them into your day and you are intentional about them, these become those keystone habits that have ripple effects on the rest of your life. Yes. This is not, so I don't know if you follow Simon Sinek, but mm-hmm, absolutely follow the why, right? Find your why, but he also has the infinite game and the, the, the versus the finite game. So your health and well-being is an infinite game. There is no end result. It's not, I lost 10 pounds and now I'm done. It's not, okay, I took my nap and now I'm good. It's mm-hmm. not, I took my vitamins and I'm, you know, it's a constant evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on, where you are in terms of your, your age and and other factors in your life. So it's something that is, it it seems overwhelming, but as we were saying, if if you build this in and just become intentional about, and you don't get down on yourself, Mm. it is something that can just be, it can be fun and and a joy because Mm. when you start feeling good, these symptoms that I got to tell you, (laughs) these symptoms that you're having are not normal. Okay. Right. I for so long thought that certain symptoms that I had were normal and they're not. Um, symptoms are signs or your body telling you there's something off balance here. Can you figure this? Can you do something about this? Help me. Um, yeah. yeah. But a lot of times if you lived with something for a long time, you just think that, oh, that's just who I am. That's just what it is. Even in terms of our personality or our mood, Mm -hmm. Um, there are certain things that affect your food affects your mood a lot. Um, I have hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism unchecked can affect your mood as well. You have anxiety, um, you have depression. And a lot of times doctors will be like, Oh, take this antidepressant. And they're not looking at your thyroid levels. They're not asking you about your diet. They're not asking if you move, you're moving your body or not. Um, but a lot of those things can um, alleviate that. I'm not saying that no one needs medication. That is not what I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying we need to look at the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And um, again, 
thinking that you're gonna, oh, how do I change my diet? I've been eating this. I have these little changes and I recommend adding versus taking away. It's easier to add something than to deprive yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's so interesting that you talk about that. So my husband is in education too, as you probably know, he's, he's an elementary school principal and he and I talk about this a lot because, you know, I, and my, I feel like we could have a whole nother episode about the amount of not just teachers, but professionals, adults, Americans who are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. And of course I'm not a doctor. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on them. I'm not advocating for them, but I think we could all agree that you can get on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicine pretty quickly. And they're, they're treating the, they're treating the effects, right. But they're not really looking at what's causing, you know, we, of course we're stressed, right. But how many times are we asked, you know, well, what do you eat on a daily basis? How much water do you drink? How much do you intentionally move your body? Because there is, there is a difference between moving about a, cl- a classroom, walking down the hall, doing the, the work, you know, the movement of work and intentionally 30 minutes, really moving your body intentionally in some way. And I think that that's something that um, is really sensitive to, to talk about, but it's something that really needs to be brought to light because like you said, your food does affect your mood. And, and one thing that, um, and I, I, you follow me on Instagram, don't you? One no. thing that I've been really looking into is an anti-inflammatory diet, gut health. I've learned a lot about how gut health affects your, your brain. And we have, we have like so many, I, I don't know if it's more neurons, but we have a lot of neurons. The second most number of neurons are in our gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have more bacterial DNA than we have human DNA. Mm-hmm. And most of that is in our gut. Yeah, I know it's, it's mind blowing. So that's one thing I've been binge watching about. Cause I've been, I've, I've struggled with bloat for a long time. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get too deep into yeah, it, no, but I started there and then like, and, and I've heard of probiotics and I've taken them here or there, especially if I've been on antibiotics for some reason, I've realized that especially as a woman, it's really important that you, that you populate that bacteria, that good bacteria. But one thing I've added into my diet it, because I want it to become more of a habit by the time I start school again is green tea. So I know I'm drinking out of a styrofoam Chick-fil-A cup right now, but this is full of water. And then I'm going to <laughs> refill it with my green tea here. Cause we had Chick-fil-A yes. for lunch today, yes. but it's that I'm intentionally saying, okay, this is proven to help me to think better and to be better. And yes. so I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And can you know, I challenge teachers with something? What's, yes, please. So the teacher stereotype is uh, teachers and coffee, right? Yeah. yeah. I want you to think about why you need so much coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's okay. I'm, coffee's great. I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker personally, but I'm not knocking coffee. But if you need coffee to get through your day, then there's something off balance there, um, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, physiologically or just with the whole resting thing I was talking about. So if you feel like you need coffee or some kind of stimulant, caffeine, alcohol, over-the-counter drugs or illegal drugs to try and get you through your day, there's some, you need to listen to your body. What is your body telling you? Why do you need that? Yeah. 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 It's treating the effects, but we aren't really getting to the root cause. The root problem. Like I'm a root cause problem. Like when people, especially in school districts, they're just like, kind of like throw a throw a, 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 I don't know, a tablecloth over it instead of like looking what's under the table. Just like what is the root problem? And people like get very frustrated with me. But if you just 
took the time to get to the root of the issue, then you would spend a lot less time. Like we were talking about a lot with like preparation and just, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. And this is where conventional self-care is not going to, it's not going to help. It's masking it. It's a bandaid on a gaping hole. Like you you can't, you can't self-care your way in that way. The root of the problem. I feel like we, we need to talk again because I feel like we could get into some touchy subjects that that's going to be a little over here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Girl. I I totally get it. I told you and I are on the same page here that, and, and, and to confuse self-care with self-indulgence that then can be translated into self-destruction, which is in fact, caffeine, you know, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm pouring this warm. I love a good, I love one cup of coffee a day. Maybe sometimes too. I cannot and don't desire to drink it past like 10 Mm -hmm. a.m. But it's not, it's only good for you to a certain point. And there are several things that, that fit into that box. It's, it's good for you to a certain point, but it's gotta be quality stuff too. Yes. Yeah. Like it's not just like coffee is good, but not just the everyday coffee. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but you know, (laughs) the typical coffee places that you go to are not giving you quality coffee. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Oh, Nancy, this has been, this has been so fun. I've learned so much from you and I've been affirmed in so many different ways. And you've even made me look deeper into my desire to go back into the classroom. So I really appreciate you coming and sharing these things with us today. You're welcome. So can you tell people how they can find you? Okay. So I'm on Instagram uh, at the deviant teacher and Facebook as well. I have a, a Facebook page there. I also have a free Facebook group called get up, get moving. And I share different, easy, sustainable exercises of movements that you can um, incorporate into your life as well as other nutrition and sleep um, things and everything, health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of encouragement and pep talks, a lot of tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally free. That's called, it's called get up, get moving. And um, I have a free posture guide because we've been sitting at our desks, all hunched over, we're on our phones a lot. And your posture, can I do another sciencey thing real quick? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> I think you sit in a shape. So <laughs> just the act of straightening your spine mm-hmm. uplifts you. Mm. If you hunch over, hunch over like real that. quick, hunch over yeah. real quick. Can you be like, oh my God, I'm so happy while you're hunched oh over? Oh my God, like, I'm oh. so happy. <laughs> Automatically your voice it looks so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just the fact, like even if you're not sad or depressed, when you're hunching over at your laptop, your brain thinks I'm in protective mode, right? Mm-hmm. So just the act of sitting up straight will um, help broaden your, your mood and your outlook. Um, and, but in order to be able to sit up straight for a long period of time, we need to strengthen and stretch those tight muscles and strengthen them. So I have a free guide for you all um, to work on those things. Um, you'll have that in the show notes, right? I will definitely have that in the show notes. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a website, uh, thedeviantteacher.com. And you can also email me at nancy at thedeviantteacher.com. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for people to get to know you and to take advantage of what you have, those resources that you have to offer. Can you help us really quickly? Can you help my name? (laughs) Yes, please. How do you pronounce your last name? Okay. It's in Chow Steggy. In Chow Steggy. Can you tell us what is, where is that from? from? Okay. So it's my husband's name. Mm -hmm. It's his family name. So his uh, family is like originally Bosque Spaniard. 
Mm -hmm. um, so it's very common there, but they migrated to Cuba a few generations ago. And then his dad fled the Cuban army and came to the United States. And so changed, it's supposed to be I-N-C-H, mm -hmm. but he changed it to a Y so they couldn't find him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is so really originally like Boss Spaniard. So when we went to France, they like said it perfectly. And there's actually um, a bunch of people with the similar last name, the Austegui last name in like Peru mm -hmm. and some South American countries. Wow. That's, that's a really intriguing story. Thank you. So I, I, I tried to come up with a, a song, you know, the, the science and technology, you know, that do you remember that show? No. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. So there was a song, there was a show. It was like science and technology. It's funny. You'll see. So I made up a song. Uh, I'm Nancy in Chowstiggy. I'm fun. You'll see. <laughs> I can get them to remember it. My students say my name. I don't know. They don't say Miss Y. Yeah. 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 They say that's it. great. Yeah. Oh, oops. I'm going to have to take that out too. Sorry. My daughter's <laughs> calling me. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom and your guidance. I'm, I'm so excited for people to get to, to get in touch with you and to learn from your resources. And we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. All right, burned in teachers, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. <laughs>